Hey guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah Boss. I'm super excited that you're here. Um, if you are new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. I hope you brought a friend. And today, well, before I introduce today's guest, who I'm very excited about, oh my God, I cannot wait to introduce you to her. We have some housekeeping to do, got, got a couple announcements. So, Next week, June 7th, the podcast that is going to be released is going to be a little different, and we are making a very big announcement. You're going to want to pay attention to my Instagram. It's at Sarah E. Boss. And if you uh, don't follow me there, go follow me. This isn't like a PSA. This isn't a self-promo, or this is, I guess, a PSA, but it's not a self-promo that if you don't follow me there, then you will miss it, and I don't want you to miss it. So yeah, it's, I can't say anything else. I know big things coming, um, <laughs> but it is going to be a big announcement and I'm so excited. We've been working on this for months um, and to my podcast family. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for us and excited for what's coming. So anyways, with that to the side. Um, let's let me introduce you to today's guest. So today's guest is Tori Stevens. She is a colleague, a mentor, and a friend of mine. She is so high energy and she has a talent for hitting the nail on the head from your inner thoughts and feelings. I wanted to bring her on because there is no other person that I I would ever recommend to speak on the subject of post-college and finding yourself and finding a career and being true to who you are, she is the gal for that. So Tori is a coach. She's a speaker. She's a mentor. She's a consultant. She is everything. And you're going to find that her advice, I bet, is a little different, is a little different from what you've heard in, in absolutely the best way. Um, this episode is specifically for those who are like graduating and finding careers or my 20-somethings who are like navigating your life and what you want to do. This is going to help you so much. And there's a lot of knowledge that was poured into this episode. So just like be prepared. Um, Tori is a ball of energy and an absolute light. And I loved talking to her on this episode. Uh, she has 14 years of experience and she's conducted over, listen to this, 15,000 candidate interviews. She's hired 3,000 individuals and she's managed over 2,000 people within corporate and higher education. So she knows her stuff if you're looking for career advice and like literally like how to land a job and the basics, resumes, interviews. She has so much experience in that, but she also has the personality and just like this wisdom to help you do it in a way that's so true to yourself. Uh, her approach to finding a career is very intertwined, intertwined with finding yourself. And yeah, I just, I can't wait for you to listen. So I'm going to stop blabbing and we're just going to, we're just going to go right into the episode. Love you all. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is Sarah Boss, and you are listening to the What Else Podcast. I'm a chemist turned launch strategist, and I help business owners launch their courses, programs, and products so that they can gain influence and get paid. 
Owning your own business opens the doors for great freedom and opportunity, but it can also bring a lot of self-doubt, overwhelm, and insecurity. On this podcast, we talk about marketing, analytics, and tactile tips to own a business you love, but we can also talk about life behind the desk. We ask the questions, and then we ask, what else? Because we're just nosy like that. Come join us and our many guests as we leverage our businesses to create the life we dreamed of. Are you in a closet by chance? I'm in a closet. Okay. <laughs> it's great. It's really, really cute. Um, I have yet, we're setting up the office. It's a work in progress. I also, my office is technically the formal living room. So there's like no doors. It's an open space to the hallway and then an open space to the dining room, which is next door. And so, you know, I got to like get all the furniture in and then see if there's still an echo. But um, a couple episodes ago, when I recorded, I think it was like one of my solo episodes and I listened back and it was so echoey and I got a new mic as well. And my other mic didn't pick up the echo quite as much, but this is a nicer mic, which means it picks up a lot more. And so uh, I was like, wow, that's bad. And I have yet to find a place better than a closet. I know that that's Kristen's uh, suggestion is to do it in a closet. And I know Glennon Doyle and Brene sit in closets and do it. Yeah. They're the best. I mean, there's a lot of nice clothing for sound cushioning. This one has a window and a little ledge table, like built Perfect. in. So it feels really good. Excellent. Um, so yes, we're in the glamorous closet. Your background looks a lot, a lot nicer. That's like, all right. Very on brand, very cute. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited. I want to touch on like our journey for a second. Yeah. of how we kind of like met and then came back together because we like did like it's almost like an eight where we met and then we like came back around and um we first met in 2019 I think so do you remember how we got connected yeah K- uh Kara Simmons that's it yeah that's it yeah so Kara Simmons so but the fun part is is I'm so you must be four, five. You are at least a fifth or sixth connection. So I announced that I was leaving on LinkedIn. Stacy Cassio from Pink Mentor found me, invited me to a presentation for Pink Mentor Network. Um, Andrea Craighead, who ran like a group called Spark in Charlotte. Oh no, Michael Stallsmith. So Stacy to Michael Stallsmith to then Andrea to then Andrea couldn't do a presentation. So then I did it for her, which was at junior league. And then Kara was one of the people yeah. that I worked with to get into junior league. And then, oh, then they brought me back. That's what it was. And then I was looking for interns and so there's like at least five people right there and then what a let's call it well over a year and well over a year yeah then Lauren's like oh yeah this girl Sarah is gonna be and I was like I know who Sarah is like yeah I met her a long time ago and you were taking you had a full-time job but it definitely was like you already knew oh so so far yeah yeah, and you are the reason I have Kristen. I can thank you for my Kristen. That's right. Oh, my Kristen, right. my sweet, sweet friend. Yeah. Um, so that I'll be forever grateful for. Um, yep. And yeah, it's just so funny. I remember when I found out like we were doing that group together, I was like, oh my God, 
Tori Stevens. What's yeah. happening right now? Yeah, talk about like blast from the past, even though a year and a half shouldn't be blast from the past, but it feels like that when you're an entrepreneur because it's like dog years. Oh, straight up. And yeah. like, I'm thinking like how much change happened in both of our lives over that time, like separately. Yeah. So coming back, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. But yep. yeah, I just thought that was so funny. I'm so happy to be back connected with you. Um, but I don't know a ton about your background. Um, so I wanted to bring you on because I know, I mean, Tori's the kind of person that you can get on the phone with her to talk about pasta and you'll leave <laughs> with your life changed. That's it's, right. <laughs> it's phenomenal. You can't, you can't have a ca- casual conversation with her, which is amazing because she's always, she always uplifts you and you just leave with like amazing nuggets of knowledge. So I was like, perfect guest. This is going to be great. And I know that there are going to be some knowledge bombs that are going to be dropped. And I'm very excited. So everybody listening, just like prepare yourself to be changed. This is going to be one, like if you're wanting like a more casual one, like we're going to have fun. We're going to leave, like, if you need a calmed heart, this is not the one. Yeah. Because you're going to leave feeling like, (laughs) let's go, like set something on fire because we're That's right now <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's like um, a truth bomb and a pep talk had a baby yes <laughs> yes yeah thank you for the compliment by the way I think that's really awesome I'm just um I've always said either people love me or they don't know what to do with me and so it's fun being in a room when people know what to do with me because it is very forward-thinking thought-provoking conversational but it's also a giant truth bomb as well because we live in a land that typically doesn't do that which is why we have so much work to do is because we we're playing this facade game. And so the facade game that I figured out is um, our role of who we are in our career and the identity of who we are as a person are very glommed together and they're not running in parallel lines. And then we easily become in this victim space of like, why is this happening to me? How come they don't see the value in me? I want to make more money. I deserve this title. How come I got passed over for that job? There, and then we, we just think that there's something wrong with us. And what's wrong is that we're not honoring and owning ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so where all that comes from is the past 15 years, um, I have either been in higher education or corporate America up until I left to become an entrepreneur, which happened three years ago. And what I saw, regardless if I was recruiting and program managing interns to be a part of a volunteer program that was in career services that helped people own their transferable skills through mock interviews and resumes and presentations. Or if I was hiring 350 people for a company that were right out of college, or if I was hiring senior vice presidents and human resources for consulting gigs is we chameleon ourselves to be somebody else when we're in the interview or when we're in the the job. And then sooner or later, you don't even know who you are. Like you stand in front of the mirror and you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying or what I'm doing because I'm saying or doing something for everybody else and not for myself. And I'm frustrated that my future is not showing up for me or that they don't know what to do with me. And I'm not in leadership and they are in leadership. Shouldn't they know what I'm better or good at? And then what happens is your performance review typically defines yourself worth. And then you put yourself in this really siloed space to think I'm only good at this because I've only can prove I've done this. 
and that doesn't fill me up anymore, but I don't want another degree and I don't want to pay more money for certifications or training. And so then we start trying to find outlets in other areas. And then that typically leads us to feel like we're having a crisis in our life. And then we start punting blame and expectations on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to really highlight is that, or like, I guess uh, a question I want to pose rather from what you're saying is, you know, being a chameleon and kind of fitting in, fitting yourself into these molds and these job descriptions, especially um, like leaving college. That's exactly what I did. Like I knew like a job description was whatever like space that I needed to fit in. And I kind of like tried to find things that fit the most. I don't know. You know, it was weird because I took the job identity before I took my identity like I was reading the jobs and hoping to find me yeah. kind of thing. Um, and of course, like I was, I was 21. I don't right. think I had turned, how would I do? Oh, I turned 21, like right before my senior year, I think. Um, and like, I don't know. How would you I, know? How would I know? And so I right. think it's really difficult. Um, and, and something that people don't talk about enough yeah. of the importance to find yourself before you find a job or at least like find a permanent job. I always, like think back and I wish I would have now this is not everybody's journey but I personally wish I would have taken a gap year or at least a gap six months because I say that I never got to meet who I was outside of college I never got to meet who I was outside of courses and classes and a graduation an identity that somebody else told you that you had to follow and do to say exactly well and I had no idea who I was outside of that and I did not give myself time to meet her which you're right in turn resulted in a crisis resulted in me like not understanding why I wasn't happy because I was trying my best at work and trying to fit myself there and and giving myself like oh my job is my title and that's what I do so your identity yes it's insane um so what I mean what are your thoughts like can can you figure that out at 21 22 well here's the thing is when I hear you say that you were trying to find yourself in that job and to basically show that job that you were worthy of that job what that is is approval So you're trusting somebody else's opinion about you before you're trusting your own. And you're saying to yourself, and this is what everybody does, oh, that I must be doing something right. Or they, it looks like they like me or they see the good in me. And so when we've handed our keys over of our life or typically our career to somebody else, we constantly are going to be chasing after happiness or success. And so it goes back to Sean Anker. So he's a happiness researcher and he talks about like you're in 12th grade and you have good grades. And the goal is for most people is to get into college and then you go to college and then you have to figure out what degree you're going to get. And that if that degree doesn't work, then you better figure out another one. And then you need grades and then you need an internship and then you need a full time job. And then and then and then and then. Right. So it's always like it's never good enough. It's never good enough to like oh my gosh, I got into college and now I get this experience and I'm going to relish in this and I'm going to make new friends and I'm going to, I'm going to meet myself where I'm at in my life right now. We don't do that. We don't know we ourselves don't. right there. We're chasing after something else. So for example, I've worked a lot with student athletes and even up until this day, 
I teach at a university in Charlotte and I'm begging the student athletes to put their athletic experience on their resume. And these are students that have full ride or scholarships in general to play this sport or you know any sport. And, and they don't even understand that what they've learned through their sport is totally applicable to the real world. They only see it through this one pair of lenses. And then what's interesting is, is that when they're done with college and they're done with that sport, they are just lost from an identity perspective because their whole identity of life has been, I'm chasing after the success of being an athlete. And now that that is done, I don't know what else to do with myself. Now, what, what they've also done is they've taught everybody else around them that you look at me like an athlete. So nobody, people only know what you tell them. So if you have not taken ownership of, I'm great at time management and communication and conflict management and team building, they're never going to know how to help you widen who you are. So when people say you got to be out of your comfort zone to learn, I think that's total BS. I think that you would learn how to make your comfort zone really wide and you kind of like push on it in certain areas and recognize that you have something to lean back on because this isn't your first rodeo that you've done team building and communication and conflict management because you've been on the basketball team your entire life, but you're in a different arena pun not intended, but works well, to, to try something new, but you can lean on the path. So it's this, if there's always an equal and opposite reaction to every action, you should have context already. So when we try to be somebody else that we know we aren't authentically are, because we think we have to be it for somebody else, we're going to be in trouble. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Like the leaning forward versus like leaning on your past, because I, like just as you're speaking, I'm reflecting like that time was not very long ago for me. So, you know, thankfully I'm able to reflect on that time very easily. And so I'm like, I, you know, going into like job interviews and going into that time in my life, I was very much looking ahead. I was like, okay, I know where I want to go, what I want to do, you know, what's going to happen later, what I'm working towards. And I never looked back. And so you move into these job interviews, you try and apply for these jobs And like, they ask you a question about your experience and you tell them what you can do later or like, oh, I'm looking to do this and I can do this and I will be doing this for you. And I'm able to fit into this space. And this is where I'm climbing when what's you'll find, like your employer really wants to know what you've done. And like, you don't look back to see, oh, like based on these experiences, you know, I can start to find clues of where. I fit and where my natural strengths are. And I was even posed that question recently. It was actually in another podcast episode when we were doing one on like vision casting. And she talked about like looking at your childhood and your experiences to then give you clues for, you know, what you're good at. And I, I hadn't, I think that's, and that's absolutely work that has to be done. That's not a, you know, one time sit in the car, you're listening to a podcast and you're going to get it. That's like really like deep thought, but I think that's so important and not anything. I was so, I had so such tunnel vision to get to where I needed to go, where other people were telling me I needed to go. I was like, no, I can't turn around. Like I have to bulldoze. And then I was confused when did, people didn't understand or I wasn't answering the questions properly or, you know, I wasn't fitting into what they were looking for because they're like, you know, what, what have you done? What is your experience? What, like, what skills do you bring? And I was like, I'm trying to tell you what I'm going to do and what, who I'm going to be and what I'm trying to work towards. 
Yeah. So there's two things that you're saying. So the first thing is life is like a slingshot. You have to pull back to then launch forward and get clear. So when somebody comes to me and they decide to do coaching with me, all I'm doing is I'm stripping back the onion layers of who they are to find the roots so that we can get clear so that then we can plant those seeds because there's such significance in your life because those are the things that you bring up either because they were a happy moment or you know a not so happy moment. And those are the clues that then help us launch forward. So the first thing is we don't even know what the pebble is made up of that's in the slingshot as we're pulling it back. So we have to get clear on all of that and make sure that that pebble is made of stuff that you want it to, right? And then as we launch it forward, the goal is is to get past the point that you have been at. The other thing that's happening is we live in a world that we feel like we're constantly needing to prove ourselves because we're not trusting of ourselves. And so we're hoping that somebody else will trust us before we trust ourselves when we show up in an arena when it comes to our career. That's why women, especially, typically don't pick a new job that is more than 10% of a learning curve of new because they're terrified of what if I don't get it right the first time or I'm going to look like a doofus and I don't want to or I should know the answers when I walk in the room. And that actually stifles you. So the thing is, is that If you're already stifling yourself because you're limiting yourself, well, your job is going to be very limiting to you when it comes to the growth that it can give you because you're you're attached to needing success to show up before you trust yourself. And then the last piece is, is sounds like somebody you've had on a podcast talks about looking at your past of like your childhood. There's a wonderful woman whose name is Margaret Paul. And she's creating this term called inner bonding. So inner bonding is an absolute game changer. And what it means is when somebody says something like, I'm really nervous to get in that room and do this presentation the way that I really want to. And if you start getting curious and say, well, why is that? There's typically a past memory that comes back that is a money ticket. So they'll say, When I was in college, I did this presentation on a topic and my professor didn't like it and gave me a C and told me that I should have just stuck to the syllabus. I now just stick to the syllabus when I do a presentation, but I feel like I don't give it my all because I'm only doing what they're asking me to do. So when somebody is reverting back to especially a specific experience or an age, that is a surefire sign that there's an inner bonding moment in there. So it's kind of like when I hear women or men say, I've tried dating and it hasn't worked out. I feel like I just keep getting crappy, significant others time and time again. And when you start asking them more questions and they start giving you more experiences, they're relying on something from their past. And what they're doing is they're throwing that past experience into their future and they're claiming it as truth. And they're saying, been there, done that, don't want to do it again. So what they're really saying is I have one or a couple instances that have happened in my past that are dictating my future. And I have no factual information, but I'm going to like peanut butter spread this over and be like, yep, it's the truth of everything. And a lot, I mean, it's totally sub- subconscious. Um, yeah. Like you don't, you have no idea. It's a, it's amazing how 
I mean, um, oh, what's the book? It's literally so famous, but it's basically where the concept of your daily habits and your goals and like the thing, or rather like the things that you do are mainly acts of the subconscious. So that's why you try and like reprogram yourself through habits and through self-reflection because you're going to be making decisions every day. And those decisions are, are rooted from past experiences that you, it's not like, you know, you get to see all these roadmaps in your head and you're like, oh, like this is where I'm making the decision from for this. Oh, I can see that. Um, oh, why is this experience in here? Oh, that's not a reflection of like where I want to go. Okay, let's take that out. Like we're not, we're not doing that. We can't right. physically see that. And right. in order, I mean, it takes, <laughs> I, I, I always think like this kind of stuff takes another person for me at least. Yeah. Um, and I've, you've been a great resource for that. And that's why I love speaking to you because it often is uh, asking the right questions. Yes. So so when you're talking about like the slingshot and, and, you know, this experience that people are going through, you know, this, this episode is very specifically, of course, it can help anybody, but it's pretty specific to uh, the new graduates um, because I've been there and I know what that's like. And when you're sitting in that spot where you're graduating or you're about to, it's like, you've got so many options coming at you and it feels very cluttered on the outside. And so you don't even have time to look on the inside or do whatever that fluffy stuff is that is very important, but you can't even recognize it. And then when you go to ask for advice, like people are like, oh, you have so many options. Like you could do literally whatever you want. Like, or, you know, you could do all this or this job would be great for you. And it's like, don't tell me I have so many options. Like that's another thing, like clouding my mind you know, what can, you know, a really early twenties person do to say, I'm like, I'm young, I'm not going to be able to, you know, have so much self-awareness. Like what can I do? What can I gain right now in order to free this clutter and know what the next move is? Yeah. So that clutter, a lot of the time feels very much like you're being paralyzed with opportunity. There's so much to do, but you don't even know what to do first. So then you shut down or get paralyzed or you go to the thing that you're most comfortable with because, quote, you just need a job or I just need to be making money or I just need to figure out this next step. And then you're probably so dedicated in that work or next step that when you pop your head up again, you're no better or different than where you were, like, let's call it the year or two prior when you took that job and then you rinse, repeat again and again and again. So There's a couple of things. Number one is people only know what you tell them. So when I hear you say, Sarah, like when you went to somebody and they said, you can do anything, you're really great, you'll be fine, you're nimble, you're successful, you're a great person, anybody would want you on your team, one of those type of statements, it's a clear indicator that you're not actually asking a detailed enough question in order for them to know how to help you. If you think about it, people, if people only know what you tell them and there's always an equal and opposite reaction to every action, well, you just got the reaction that technically you gave them from the action that you thought you were looking for. So they thought you needed a pep talk. That's why you got a pep talk, right? The other thing is, is that you have to meet people with where they're at too. So before you start asking everybody and their brother about their opinion on what you should do, you have to take ownership of how are they living their life? How are they showing up for their life? If there's somebody who's worked at the same job the past 10 or 15 years, and you're somebody who knows, I want to have stepping stones. I want to be able to have nimbleness, flexibility. 
Why are you asking that person? Well, I like them because they always give sound advice on this, or they're a really great listening ear. Yes, but people are for reasons and seasons of what you're asking them. Like you don't just have one person and that's an expectation. So if you're frustrated at somebody for not giving you what you wanted, you have to hold up the mirror and go, how did I play a part in this? Because they're just reacting to what I'm doing. The other thing is, is if you're asking somebody and they're not giving you what you need, well, you led them to the water, but you can't force them to drink to tell you what you need. So when are we going to put a period at the end of this sentence and go, clearly I need to not continue to keep asking this person. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that, that they're not the person for this. And then if you're going, well, that kind of eliminates everybody in my life. Perfect. That's where as a coach through evolution, my company, what I teach is think, talk, walk. And what the think process is all about is curiosity. And it's a clear indicator. If you're going, I have nobody else to be able to ask. I feel like I need new people. Great. What is the knowledge, wisdom, and information that you feel like you need more of? Is it their character? Is it their listening skills? Is it what kind of companies that they've worked at? Is it the way that they've shown up in their career? Like, you clearly need to find other people that are living or have lived more of the life that you're interested in getting more information about and quit placing an expectation that this one person is going to be the end all be all. So there's that, but I would love to hear your reaction. And then I have an awesome exercise that people can do too. That's, that's very fruitful when it comes to their career. Okay. Oh, I want it. Yes. I want to hear the exercise and like this kind of a little bit of a transformation that you're trying to pull yourself through when making these decisions. When I talk about like the gap year or whatever, um, and on my episode, I did a, uh, like two weeks ago or something like that with Kristen, we did a Q&A and I recommend, I was like, look, if you don't know where to go, my thing is like, do not make decisions out of clouded, like from a clouded head. If you feel confused, if you feel right. overwhelmed, like that is or never fear. a place to make a decision, whether it's about your career, like literally at any point, that's like my golden rule, uh, because that's what I used to do. And it led me into a terrible place. And so I was like, look, if you are confused, if you're trying to find yourself, if you know, like you're in this space, don't try and force it. Like I did go get like a fun job or we said go be a bartender or a waitress because like the restaurant business especially right now you can make so much money um but I was like go get a fun job go think of like the coolest thing that you could do like just fun you know just kind of like shooting the shit whatever fun job and take it to make money because like let's be honest like some you know you you don't have time to like sit around a lot of people don't have time to just sit around and like do the self-reflection and ohm all day but while you're figuring it out Yep. you know, take some sort of job like that and then do these kind of exercises like we're about to talk about. Does that feel like, I guess, yes. was that like good advice? Yeah. So, so here's what you're saying is what you just said is who you are should, your, your emotions that you feel, the happiness, the way you're living your life should not be fully attached to, are you being successful in your job or not? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'll have a myriad of different jobs in your life. So what you just said is the role that you play that gains you money should not be dictating the identity that you are as a person. Exactly. That there needs to be a separation of church and state. So I give the same advice when somebody comes to me and says, I can't be in this job any longer. I want to be in a new job. 
The reason why that I work with people for three to six months in these coaching packages is because change does not occur overnight. And in order for change to actually occur, you would have to create space. So it's kind of like if you were to take a pop bottle and shake it up, you wouldn't immediately take off the lid and go like, I'm going to drink it because it would explode everywhere. But that's what people do when they want a new job. I want a new job. I've got to have a new job right now. It's got to show up. And you're shaking that pop bottle up. And then when you go in an interview and you're, you haven't dealt with what's going on and the reason why you want another job, you will explode on those people. You won't be the best version of yourself. You'll take a job for less money than you should have. You, you won't listen. That's what was, happened to me. Like I'm a total job hopper. I had 10 jobs in 12 years. And what would happen is my line for hope of what I saw could happen at that job was very far over the line. And I would get starry eyed in the interview and I would like drown out what they were saying. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can come in and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And they're like, no, Tori, we didn't hire you for that. Like after they would hire me, we hired you for A and you're trying to do like to letter Z. And then I would get frustrated because I knew all the good that I could give, but then I felt like I was being shut down. And then I was taking it to heart. Like I'm the one who's screwing up here. And I'm like, no, Tori, you're just not taking stock of what's going on. So when somebody wants a new job, the first thing I say is, we need to get your current job on autopilot. You need to recognize you're being, you should be grateful for that job. You are being paid for that job. You work 40 hours a week. You don't do 150% effort like you have been doing, which is why you're in this place. Like if you always are like, I give 150% effort at work, well, there's a problem because you're giving 150%, right? Which is a surefire sign is... Let's say you have 200%. You have 100% for your role and 100% for your life. That means you literally have only left 50% for your life because 150 of it is wrapped up in your job. What are we doing here, right? So we have to get 50% or more of that back into the life corner. And then you're doing 100% of your job and your job is running autopilot as you're starting to do like being able to stop and look around and see life and smell the roses and not be so wrapped up in another job. Yes. So I, oh my gosh, the, the 150% thing cracks me up. I can't well, that's your problem. Cause when, cause, and that's what you do. You like you, especially like the movers, the shakers, the do-gooders, like they think that they're going by doing well for somebody else, you'll find what's best for you. Or, or somebody will see it in you and honor it in you. Yeah. Which just, I mean, and you're waiting. Yeah. And I, Oh, Oh, the waiting. Oh, the waiting. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This, uh, I always say like, if, if you only know how to look to somebody else for your money, then that's a problem. You need to learn the skill of making money. That includes negotiation. That includes, um, you know, finding an income source, whether that's a job or, you know, a side hustle or whatever. You just need to learn how to make money. And in the same way, if you're only looking to somebody else and that's all you know is to look for to somebody else to ask like, how am I doing? Who am I? What am I good at? Am I doing well here? and that's all you know how to do, then that is, again, a problem. Yes. You need to know how to mine that value from yes. yourself. Yes, and, and here's what's happening. So I, I say to people, you cannot build the tornado shelter when you see the tornado on the horizon. So what happens is somebody gives, 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 
I'm going to, I'm going to put in the extra work. I'm going to, even though I'm not paid for this task, I'm going to do this task. Or if you have a side hustle, I'll do it for free or a discount price. You go over the line of giving. And what you're doing is you have an expectation that it's going to come back. It's not going to come back because you've not set it up to be this meta thing. So it's kind of like when you see the oh shit moment happening in the distance, that's when people freak out. They're like, I have to get a new job. They don't honor me. I'm so frustrated. It's got to show up right now. And you're building the tornado shelter as the tornado is getting closer and closer. That's why you're exhausted. That's why you take vacations and you need another vacation to be okay, you know, like to get some energy back is because you're so out of whack when it comes to your life, when it comes to your body's keeping score and it will always win on you. And how it shows up is anxiety and emotion and emotions are not made in the present moment. So when you're experiencing one, like when you're experiencing frustration, You've got a bunch of dominoes. If you just like turn around and look behind you, there's all these dominoes that are already lined up that are like, see, you you went over the 50 yard line for this. You gave 150%. You, you discounted yourself. You did that task and you think it's going to show up. It's going to show up because it's going to like topple over you when it dominoes on your life. We're not doing that any longer. That's why boundaries and like conversations are so important, dialogue, but we're terrified, especially when we're very out of college. We always think, who am I? I don't know anything. I'm just new. I'm, you know, entry level. But then here's what happens is what the people I work with, a lot of them have like, let's call it eight, 10, 15, 20 years of experience. They're carrying around what I like to call entry level mentality they're still carrying around this notion like they were a 20 or 21 year old in their senior vice president experience. And they wonder why their life is still not showing up for them. So what's this, what's this, we almost skipped over it. I don't want to forget it. What's this exercise yes. you have to push through this? Yes. So this exercise. So let's say that you are an undergrad or a grad student, or you're less than 10 years out of your undergrad experience. And you don't know what you want to do. Or let's say you've been doing a job for a couple of years, but you know you don't want to keep with the company or you don't want to do this role any longer, but you don't know where to go. And obviously going on Google is like a never ending black hole of like, what job should I do if I have human resource experience, but don't want to do human resource, right? Like that's not going to give it to you. And then when you go to somebody and they're your mentor and you're like, but I don't know what else I want to do. Well, when they give you information, they're going to give it through their lens and not your lens, right? So what do you do? So here's my advice. Go find seven to 10 job descriptions. And I don't care what type of job or excuse me, what type of company. I don't care the location. I don't care the title at this point. Even if it's a title that's like senior vice president and you're 21 years old, you're not getting that. But go look at it because you're like, I love that job. I would love to do that job. I would love to work at that company. Even though I can't get that job yet, I want that. So go get seven to 10 job descriptions and then do three things. Number one, highlight words or phrases in three different colors, red, yellow, or green. Green means, heck yes, I love this. I could do it all day long. This fills me up. This lights me up. I know that I'm good at it. Um, I want to do more of this. Red means been there, done that, don't want to do it again, or I just know myself and I don't want to do it. So if any word has analytical in a job description, it's going to get a red because like 
I, even though I can do it, I hate doing it. And even before I knew I could, could do it, but didn't like it, I still didn't like it. Okay. Yellow means I don't have enough information to make a decision. What yellow doesn't mean is I can do it, but I'm not a fan of it. So it's interesting. I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Shit or get off the pot. It's either green or red. It's not yellow. Right. So yellow means like, what the heck is this word? I don't know this saying like that sort of stuff. Okay. So then step two is you take all this information and you put it on an Excel document. You have three columns, a red, yellow, and a green column. And you copy and paste those words or phrases and not sentences and not paragraphs. Like, I love everything. None of that. Like words or phrases. And you put them in these columns. And then what happens is you walk away and you take a breath or go do some other activity. And when you come back and you've got this fresh eye perspective, stay at the, like the 50,000 foot view, because those words that you just put in the Excel columns are like the weed words. They're like the the words that are the grounding words, but you got to have some elevation to be able to see. And what we're looking for is themes. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize I love people and I love training and development. What I know I don't like is analytical numerical data. Great. So those type of words, you can think to yourself, there's my future elevator pitch. When it talks about Throughout the past experiences, I've been able to gain data when it comes to working with a myriad of different people, especially associated to training. But what I do recognize about myself is I need a partner when it comes to the analytical space so that we can balance one another out. How awesome, right? That for an element. And that elevator pitch is this overall arching thing. It's not like in the weeds detail because your elevator pitch in your resume should not just be a mere reflection of where you have been. It also needs to be where you want to go. There's that push-pull mentality, right? So then what you do with the red, yellow, and green words is you inject the green words into your action area of your resume, which is typically like the first couple of words right after you do a bullet point. So they're action words or power verbs like articulate, facilitate, counsel, dialogue, train, um, you know, manage is like nails on a chalkboard to me because I don't know what that means. So like get to the grit of what management is. Or a lot of the time they're your noun section. So your noun is in the middle. So you say students, but I want to know undergrad students. Or you say social media, I want to know what social media platforms are you talking about? So get specific. So what then happens is when you do that in your resume, you do that on your LinkedIn, LinkedIn is like a snowball. It's small at the top of the hill. And the more information that you give it as it travels down the hill, the bigger and bigger and bigger it gets. That's what starts changing the algorithm. Then the beauty is the third thing that happens, those yellow words, you know how most people go, I don't know how to have a conversation with somebody that I don't know. Like I want, I don't want to look like an idiot when I'm doing this informational interview or I'm terrified. What questions do I ask when I'm in an interview? When they always say like, so Sarah, what questions do you have for us? And you're like, uh, what's a typical day look like? Nails on a chalkboard again. Don't do that. You can take these questions and be like, I saw in your job description that you have this, this, and this. I don't understand what that is. Can you explain more? They're going to love it because you are showcasing that you've done your homework or when you're doing informational interviews, they want to give you all that wisdom. The reason why informational interviews don't go well and they're like, oh, you'll figure it out. It's great. It's because you're not deep enough in your questions and you're not realizing you're driving the car. They're in the passenger seat and you're in the driver's seat. 
figure out where you're going and then tell them, hey, this is where we're going. You're in charge of the radio. But if you've got any back road tricks for us to get where we want to go, say it because here's where we're off to. And then you meet that person where they're at in those conversations. And now you have more knowledge, wisdom, and information by the time you get done with all of this. And now you feel like, oh, I either do like this or I don't like this. And now I can elevate this even more and take one more step. Wow. It's always like the best thing, but it's like drink it from a fire hydrant. What I <laughs> awesome. And for those listening, I get like, you know, we're throwing a lot at you and it's so, so valuable. And what I do with these kind of episodes, whenever I do like listen to podcasts and it's a lot of information, highly encourage you like take a breath and listen again because <laughs> you'll hear things that you didn't before. And also, you know, maybe sit down, take use of the pause button and say, okay, Tori said like, do this in the exercise and then go step by step. Um, we'll list like those steps as the best we can in the description box um, and in uh, the, on the website and I'll link all that kind of stuff below. So it's a little bit more helpful. Um, but, oh my gosh, Tori, thank you so much. What, I mean, I'm almost, I'm, I'm like, like gearing myself up. Like I got a wide stance <laughs> for the question I'm about to ask. Okay. Like, do you have any lasting, like last advice or knowledge that you want to give the audience and those like going through this identity crisis, whether it's right after graduation or just in your twenties? Cause that can be usually sure. a roller coaster of emotions and wild self-discovery. So I have my wide stance. I'm in sumo. I'm ready for whatever you're about <laughs> to give. Yeah. I think you said it, which is you're learning so much about yourself and it will never stop. So my company's name is Evolution and I spell it with the word you in the middle because you will always be evolving or changing as a human. And when we think that we've got it figured out, life is going to throw us another life lesson and we get to choose how we're going to walk towards that. And so I think what's so important is Number one, you got to be really mindful. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself when it comes to who you're talking to and whose advice you're taking and why you're taking that person's advice. I always love the quote that says, quit asking people for directions that haven't gone where you're going. And if you think about it, the majority of jobs that people will have in their lifetime that are in their 20s didn't even exist 10 years ago. So when I was an admissions rep 12 years ago, Facebook was two years old. Instagram didn't even exist and nobody knew what to do with LinkedIn. Or you've got cars that drive themselves now, or you've got remote jobs that are around the world, or there's this platform called Zoom that everybody's using that really hasn't been out very long, right? So we, we, we've got to remember that Somebody doesn't need to understand or believe 100% of what you want to do before you choose to trust yourself and go and try that out. That's calculated risk. You've figured out the factors, you've pulse checked, and now you've decided enough is enough. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to recognize that I don't have to have it all together because if I did have to have it all together before I make a decision, you're going to be stuck a lot. And it's going to be painful because you know that you've got it or you wouldn't even be thinking the things that you are and wanting to do what you want to do. So 
it's your life. You get to decide how you want to operate it and your career can show up for you if you decide that you want to find the time when you say that you don't have the time or if you want to figure out more of who you are versus lean on, I'm young, I don't know who I am. Like get rid of those excuses because that's where they are and say, I'm going to, I'm going to pick me. I'm going to recognize that I've got an opportunity to do something and I don't need everybody to the 7 billion people to agree. And I'm going to go do this or try it. Yes. Wow. Thank you so, so much. Um, if, uh, anybody listening has any questions, wants to learn more about you, wants more about your knowledge, all the kind of stuff, where can they find you? Sure. So evolution is on Instagram and um, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. So I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. Please don't think that you're connecting with me just because you're ready to hire a coach. Like I'm wanting to connect with everybody. It's really important. And then my email is tori at evolution.net. And I do presentations and coaching and consulting work around the country. So I always offer free 30 minute sessions with anybody to be a sounding board to them and try to help them sort out puzzle pieces so that they can really take the next actionable step. And, and I wish you well, that's what this is all about. Yes, definitely go connect with her, follow her on all the places. Um, and if, especially if you're in your twenties, you're graduating, it's always good to build a network. Um, and Tori's always been somebody that I've enjoyed having in mind. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you for a very, very special episode next week. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.